When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Matt Bovey from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All bills all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey, it's always game day in Buffalo. Happy Halloween to everybody. Matt, do you say rabbit, rabbit the first day of every month? I've never heard that in my life. Oh, man. Rabbit, rabbit? Rabbit, rabbit. See, every I, I'm not mad or I'm not upset because I feel like, I like I'm such a minority then because I, I get too many people who say that to me, but there are a lot of people who do know it. Uh, I heard this years ago. Somebody said that saying the word rabbit or rabbit rabbit, as soon as you wake up in the morning, like the first thing you say on the first day of every month is supposed to bring you good luck for that month. Well, it's you know, big, so we do it in our house. Every, every first we remind each other like tonight went to bed. Hey, make sure you say rabbit rabbit. When you wake up, you know what? I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. As I wake up on Wednesday, I will mm-hmm. try and be the first thing that I say is rabbit, rabbit. 2023 has kind of been, you know, a very like strange year for me. Quite frankly, it's been a terrible year for the most part. Terrible. So I could use some good luck in a good month. November is my birthday month. It's Thanksgiving. So I'm going to say rabbit, rabbit, and hopefully it works out for us. Well, hey, you know what? I know you, so you've had a very, very unfortunate year <laughs> in your family and things like that. And I understand that totally. Maybe rabbit, rabbit. Well, um, you know, bring some good luck and confidence and everything to your family. That'd be great. Yeah, all uphill from here, baby. 2023 sucked. So let's just try and really end on a high note because the rest of it was a disaster. Well, you could do rabbit, rabbit on Wednesday morning. Maybe I've said it on the radio and I've had people come up to me and say, I'm glad you do that. We do it too. And no one else does. I'm like, all right. So it is a thing out there. Look it up. Rabbit, rabbit. That'll be Wednesday morning. Maybe by the time people already listen to this. Okay. Rasul Douglas. Let me give you a stat, which is amazing to me. Rasul Douglas has 10 interceptions over the last three seasons. It's crazy. All Buffalo Bills cornerbacks combined have 12 interceptions over the last three seasons. This guy's a ball hawk. Now, he plays predominantly. He's very good in zone coverage. That's what the Bills play, obviously. But just his ball skills alone, Matt, are basically an upgrade over what the Bills have 
meaning they're not a bunch of ball hawking corners. They're good system corners who do a lot of things right, who keep things in front of you. This is a guy who actually has the numbers and the production that go along with doing that. You said the last three years for yep. 12 interceptions? How many this year? The Bills have 12 interceptions from just their corners alone over the last three seasons, counting this season. Do you have the players? I can grab them very quickly, yes. Okay, I'm going to try and guess these players, and then we will go back to Rasul Douglas, because when you said it, it immediately came to me as like, oh, this would be a good game to play on the radio. Okay. The players, I mean, it would have to be... So, but how many each has, right? I, yeah, I, w- I won't be able to guess that. I'm guessing Trey right. has like three or four. I think he has two, but I'll look to make sure. Okay. I would imagine Levi Wallace is on the list. I would imagine that Kyrie, well, I know Kyrie Elam is on the list. I know correct. Dane Jackson is on the list. Yep. I don't think Christian Benford has an interception yet, so I don't think he is on the list yet. Um, he is. He had an interception last year. I have to check when, but 2022, he's down for one interception, Christian Bedford. So am I missing anybody? You are. It's an obvious one, but the reason it's obvious, because he's a really good corner, but you don't think Taren? like that. Because Taren. He plays nickel, yeah. yes. Taren okay, Johnson. Taren. Okay. Uh, and Levi then is Wallace, that- so you, you got Taron Johnson, Tredavious White. So in 20, let me go through it real quick. In 2021, two interceptions for Levi Wallace. One for Taron Johnson, one for Tredavious White. Just for corners here now we're doing. Uh-huh. In 2022, two for Dane Jackson. Oh, did you say Dane Jackson? I did, yeah. Two for Dane Jackson, two for Kyer Elam, one for Christian Benford, one for Taron Johnson, one for Tredavious White. And then in 2023, this year, the Buffalo Bills have from cornerbacks, one from Tredavious White. That is it. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's funny how... When you think back to 2019 and how great Trey was that season, how much they relied on those plays from their corners. Now, their identity of their defense has obviously shifted over time, and they still are getting interceptions. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Poyer gets them, and Hyde gets them, and the linebackers are very involved right now. But I think to have like a ball hawk cornerback who is big and physical will help them because who knows when he's going to make a play that could ultimately swing a game. And right now, they don't really have a threat of that. I mean, we were just talking about it. Christian Benford has one. I think Christian Benford's a good player, but Mm -hmm. it's not like he's a threat to really take it away. Dane Jackson has a couple, and I think this is an improvement on both of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, it just it kind of checks every box. Like it feels like if there was a player who you could kind of put together and just put on the bills, it feels like he is a higher upside, better skilled, more reliable version of what they already have, which makes them better. Yeah, that's right. That number, by the way, 10 interceptions over the last three seasons, two plus this, so two and a half seasons, mm-hmm. it's actually tied for third most in the NFL. I got that stat from our friend Elena Getzenberg of ESPN.com. She tweeted that out earlier. So thir- tied for third most in the NFL. That's why I wonder, how has he been on so many teams? A lot of times it is a scheme fit. But the other thing he does well, he tackles well. He's a reliable tackler. And the Bills have struggled tackling this year at times. And we know that it's very important in Sean McDermott's defense to be able to tackle. Because they play zone defense, you're going to give up a lot of you know uh, catches in front of you. You have to come up and make the tackle. Rasul Douglas seems to be a guy who can do this. This comes down to me to a couple of different things. You know, number one, like I said, 
leadership in the room, veteran mm-hmm. leadership, veteran presence. And number two, a steady, solid player who they could turn to and rely on because there really was a lot of shakiness beyond the two they have right now, and especially if anyone was to go out, go out of the lineup for injury or other purposes. Yeah, I was going to say, it is not the one nice little factor about this that you just mentioned is it does make you deeper. It gives your yes. roster more depth because now your third guy in is conceivably Dane Jackson or Christian Benford, and you feel a lot better of the, about those guys coming off of the bench than having to line up against some of the elite wide receivers that this team is going to play for the remainder of the season and if they make the playoffs obviously into the playoffs and however far that they go the thing that i'm wondering about is because he is a veteran he's in his late 20s he's got a lot of starts and he knows how to play zone i wonder how long it takes for him to get acclimated mm-hmm. like is there a chance that he plays against the Bengals? it's a great I, question how many times I, have you been asked that since he was traded i get I, i've had you know a lot of people ask during trick-or-treating during trick or treating, walking around yeah. the neighborhood, how uh, is he good? Could he play Sunday? Basically, the two questions that I got asked. Brandon Bean will speak to the media eleven fifteen a.m. on Wednesday. That will be a question. I bet Brandon Bean says there's a chance. We'll see how we go, how it goes. Like he'll in Sean McDermott, they'll probably tell us. Look, we'll have a few days of practice here, and maybe he'll be able to fit in. I don't know. Against the Bengals, that might seem like a bit of a stretch, but at the same time, because I would say it this way. Maybe it would be a stretch to really put him on the field and say, hey, you know what? You got to play in this system and cover all those wide receivers they have. It might not be a stretch to say he's going to be active in case he has to play on the field because they want to avoid playing Kyer Elam or somebody else. Yeah, it's tricky. I think that it will not take long, but I don't know if I would be ready to say that he'll play right away. I I, I, I kind of get the feeling that he will, like that he'll be active, but I think he'll be used sparingly like I think that they will start Dane Jackson and Christian Benford and then maybe just throw him out there every other drive almost like a player coming back from an injury just Mm -hmm. kind of ease him into it that way and maybe there are times when you use dime formation and you use him as opposed to somebody else that they might be using. I I don't really know what they have schemed up I don't know how they're going to attack the Bengals we'll talk about that later in the week but it feels like this would be a week to kind of really lean into the dime stuff. Yeah, it might be. I don't know, though. That'd be another corner on the field. I don't think that they would do that. If they go dime, they'd probably do what they did last week with another safety with Jordan Poyer. Or look, the, the only issue I have here is what sure, but I, my I guess hold on. Sorry. I didn't want I don't yeah. want to cut you off. But yeah. he also has nickel experience. Yes. So yes, exactly. that has been a mismatch for them at times with Taryn. And this is not to say that this guy's coming in to take Taryn's job, but you could conceivably have your dime package and have him play nickel. And in those red zone situations where Taron is getting kind of taken advantage of because of his size, you could have him there if you feel like that's a more favorable matchup for you. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So have them both on the field and not have Taron on the field, like have Dane well, then, Benford and then have Douglas play. Nickel. Well, if you go dime, then I'm saying that if you go dime, that's an extra defensive back. So you, if you're taking Taron off, you're putting him on. You're just one for one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying like, 
I, I'm saying like he could be used in multiple different ways. It's not I like I'm it. saying they're going to have four corners on the field yeah. and two safeties. I am not in favor of ever taking Taron Johnson off the field, to be honest with you. <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I know I listen- this is a couple size issues. I, to me, it, he's one of your best players. He is one of I'm your best players. Linebacker when they go big, I'm talking different. The other team goes, you know, heavy personnel. I don't want to see Russell Douglas going in for Taron Johnson anytime soon. I don't think that I don't think that that'll be like even something that happens. It's just before they made the trade for Douglas, I was listening to Dan Orlovsky on one bills live. um, And he was talking about how the Bengals are doing a really great job of mismatching smaller DBs against some of their wide receivers. And right after they made the trade, I was like, huh, Interesting, because I feel like you could probably get caught up a little bit faster in those situations than maybe you could in like strictly like go out on the boundary and you're going against Jamar Chase. If it's, you know, like the situations where they've had the last three weeks where it's a goal to go situation on the one or two yard line and they've got Taron matched up against somebody bigger. He kind of won the first one against Darren Waller and then has lost the last two. It's such a hard play. It's such yep. an advantage for the receiver or the tight end in that position anyway. I just think that maybe that would be a quicker acclimation than it would be to just say, like, have fun with Jamar Chase. Good luck. If you remember last year before everything happened with Damar Hamlin and the game was halted, remember Taron Johnson actually suffered a concussion and was out on the first drive or second drive right before they you lost. crazy. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. I forgot yeah, about that. that's a big deal. And do you remember how? It was Tyler Boyd, I think. I want to say, I think it was Tyler Boyd who basically, he blocked Taron Johnson. A lot of people thought it was a questionable type of block. He was on the ground. He hit him or something. There was a there was a deal about it. Like, there was some talk about it. And, um, yeah, Taron went out of the game. And that was a big deal to them. But that goes back to what you just said about it wasn't in the passing game. Even That was even in the run game taking advantage of the size mismatch. Yeah, and I think that's the other added layer about Douglas, too, is that he is a probably better tackler than some of the other guys that they've had at corner. So if you are going to go dime down the road and he's going to be one of your corners on the field, you're still small, but you're a little bit better and more efficient and probably trust your guys a little bit more than you would have in this current. Like right now, that's the thing, regardless of how much he plays on Sunday against the Bengals, like you can go dime, but Joe Mixon looked, I watched basically the entire 49ers game he looks good and he kind of gashed them in the playoffs too. So how much are you willing to go dime against that trio of awesome wide receivers? And how much are you willing to let Joe Mixon kind of just break you for five, six, seven yards a clip? I don't know the answer to that. Like there's, it's an imperfect science and the Bengals are a really, really tough matchup for the bills and for any team that's going to play them. All right. So the bills now on the boundary, Jackson, Benford, Douglas, and of course, the guy we got to talk about what this means for him, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. 